You are tuned in to the Wendy Loved Show, sponsored by Caris Healthcare and the relevant app. We don't dispense medical advice, and all your health choices are your own. This is Season 5, Episode 22. Let's talk about how to heal a broken heart. You know, most of us have suffered some kind of heartbreak in our life, and there are physical things that happen and emotional things that happen, and we don't often talk about the depth of it and the truth of it. So I thought we should. Let's get started. Got music and movies and friends and medicine. Yow! Is the show for me and you. The one you love to listen to. And ooh, you got your friends. See it through. Seek laughter is medicine too. The Osho Zen Tarot card of the week is guilt. Well, I feel this applies um, in the case when we're thinking about healing a broken heart, because there are many times if a relationship breaks up or we lose a loved one, that we'll look back upon that relationship and feel guilty about certain things that we did or didn't do. It's important to recognize that guilt is completely useless. It does not help the situation in any way. It can't change uh, things that were done or not done in the past. Um, And so spiritually, it's sort of an empty place to be. And the best thing to do is find ways to release that guilt and move forward in life. My co-host today is Brandon Lee. He is currently the host of AMX Morning Show on Arkansas local alternative rock station, 104.9 The X. <laughs> hey, Brandon. I'm How's so glad you're here. Yeah, I'm glad I'm here too. It's nice yes. to see you. It was just, it wasn't that long ago when we were hanging out at a festival. So uh, I know nice it. to see you in this environment too. <laughs> it, it's, that festival just filled my heart. Um, we're talking about heartbreak today, but that day at the festival, it felt really oh. full and happy. There's not much heartbreak when you're hanging out with some friends you hadn't seen in a long time, and uh, we just had ourselves a good old time, for sure. Absolutely. Um, so, I don't know, have you, uh, I think most people, most adults have experienced some kind of heartbreak in their life. Um, how about you? Yeah, the same way. I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm 40 years old. So I have definitely had my share of heartbreak all the way from when I was younger, you know, the small heartbreaks, the things that you think you're going to get over to the things that you'll, you know, you feel like you'll never get over. You yeah, know? that you feel feeling. Like it's a bigger, you know, there's big heartbreak and there's small heartbreak, but, you know, no matter what in the moment, it's always, it's always crushing, isn't it? It is. It feels so devastating. Like I remember times really feeling it in my chest, you know, and having trouble breathing. And I mean, it's kind of crazy, like looking back, but I was reading that, you know, a a really heavy heartbreak, whether it's end of a relationship, or, or even the death of someone, you know, it takes a good three months to really get over it. (laughs) Do you ever get over it, though? You know, like, even I think there is a point, I guess, where you do get over it, you know, like you're, 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 you sort of go through those stages of anger and loss. And yeah, you finally get around to the end of it. But sometimes it even cycles over again, sometimes, doesn't it? It it does. It does, for sure. I think, for me, with relationship stuff, I would say three months is probably a good estimate where the sting is kind of gone, you know, but then if someone brings up that person, like, like you're out with friends and like, oh, have you heard from so-and-so? Right. feel that in your stomach still or chest? And it can be not only just with uh, people bringing it up or just things around you, moments, you know, places, Mm -hmm. you go to restaurants, food, uh, all sorts of things that you kind of like, it can bring back memories and you know, of with people or um, like you said, if it's a loss of a person, it, yeah, it still stings. There's not really a way to get over that. You know, you can kind of just kind of morph it into something else besides heartbreak, you know? Right, right. I know later in the show, I was talking with Christine Carlson and, you know, her kind of beliefs are that, you know, you, um, it's an opportunity for growth, right? And 
I, I think that's true. You know, I, I think sometimes we don't realize it in the moment. Yeah, tell your heart broke self that, <laughs> you know? No, you ain't telling me that, you know? You, you feel like in the moment, you're, it, it, you don't feel like it's growth. You feel like it's uh, literally something, like something taken away from you, ripping right. parts of your, your own self out of you, you know? Sure. And sometimes we're on the other side of it, right? So I was thinking about this. You know, I've broken up with people who did not want that to happen and watched that devastation. It's that's so hard too, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a different kind of heartbreak uh, when I guess you know that it's going to happen, or you know, like you're you're the one that's having to deliver this. It's still it still can be a heartbreak without being. Um, I don't know. You're. It, it's your decision, but you can still know that it's it's still a form of heartbreak. Right. To be yeah. able to have to say that to someone that you know is going to feel bad and yeah. hurt. You know, I think you'd have to be kind of, um, I don't know, maybe sociopath or something to not feel that. <laughs> right. Know? Or or you kind of like displace yourself and you're, you know, uh, kind of, yeah. I, I think it. you'd think yourself as a jerk if you mm-hmm. just didn't have any feelings about that. But yeah, I think sometimes we realize that even with, um, especially with relationships, you know, that aren't working or uh, I've had that in the past to where you're like, all right, let's move this on, <laughs> right. you know, and it can still be, it can still be heartbreak in, um, in different forms, you know. Sure, sure. So if you're uh, feeling heartbroken, um is there is there a cannabis strain that you might use? Cannabis that- strain, you know, I I always laugh at that. Like I think that um, it's up to your own personal use and all of that stuff. Uh, I think overuse sometimes is is uh, detrimental. Mm-hmm. I think uh, being trying to have a little bit more something with clarity, uh, mm-hmm. something that can be more cerebral. I think that is uh, a great thing. Trying to, I was just dealing with this earlier today, talking to a friend uh, that's dealing with loss. And um, you have to go through it eventually, you know, with uh, everything yeah. that you feel like you're padding and you want to soften the blow of heartbreak, uh, you got to go through it somehow, mm-hmm. sometimes, somehow. And um, so, yeah, having some moments of clarity are great. I think having some resource like a cannabis is uh, definitely helpful and sometimes in the moments, um, but you're going to have to face it eventually, you know. And that is I true. Any, I don't think any cannabis is going to keep you from doing that, you know. <laughs> I think maybe it could lessen some symptoms. I know Dr. Nichols is going to talk about that sure. more. But you're absolutely right. I think you have to go through it as hard as it is um, and how devastating it can feel. If I know for myself, especially with the loss of a loved one, right? Yeah. If I don't go through those stages... Uh, that happened with someone close to me. I just couldn't deal with it, you know? And then here I am, you know, 12 years later, sobbing about it, right? Right. And if I think, I mean, I may still have felt that. It was like, like you said, you you run into songs or you eat a certain food and you think about the person. Um, So I may still have done that, but it really felt like I was experiencing it then, what I didn't back in the beginning. Right. And I think, yeah, you can cover that stuff up, but eventually it's going to come to the surface, you know, and um, like you're talking about with cannabis and things like that. I think that, um, you know, a lot of loss of appetite is also another thing, too. So I know some people that uh, that rely on that stuff to even have appetites and stuff like that. So, yeah, taking care of yourself and making sure that that you're physically okay. I think that was the biggest part about um, moving on and and. and and getting if maybe making yourself feel stronger i don't know and that's mm-hmm. that's a big thing whether you're trying to work out again or feel healthier eat better things like that that um i think that mm-hmm. makes you kind of feel like oh i'm stronger i can i can do this you know right. I think that, that's definitely a stage of grief i believe right. yeah, yeah you're absolutely right taking that time taking care of yourself you know going through it but doing all those things that you mentioned you know, yeah. get yourself moving, get your body moving, eat something good. If if you need cannabis for certain symptoms of it, it could help you get through it. But yeah, not but to bury a bunch, it. Of, bunch of big bong rips and eating a bunch of edibles and, <laughs> and you know, going, you know, passing out that you're going to actually eventually have to wake up and deal with this stuff. And, you right. know, uh, no matter what, you can't use cannabis as something that is going to 
keep you from hurting, you know, completely, because you're going to feel these things. Right, right. Any kind of drug or alcohol that would escape, right? That's different than using it medicinally or to whatever will help you. But yeah, you have to, uh, addressing it head on is always better for sure. yeah. Yeah. Well, coming up next, we have Dr. Brian Nickel, who will be talking about physical aspects of heartbreak. Joining me now is cannabis expert MD, Dr. Brian Nickel. Welcome back to the show. Thank you, Wendy. I'm glad to be here. Yes, it's always great to chat with you. We love your music and cannabis pairings, of course. Oh, thank Uh, you. They're so much fun to do. I bet. (laughs) It shows. So today we're talking about uh, how to heal a broken heart. And I I thought it might be good for us to kind of explain what happens in the body when someone feels brokenhearted, either from a loss or a relationship ending or what, what happens? Why do we feel so awful? Well, of course, you get a certain amount of, uh, when you do experience a loss of a relationship or a particular situation you're in, uh, it does have a tendency to bring out anxiety and depression in people, certainly, depending on how bad the insult, I guess you could say, is. For some people, it actually causes a physiologic, physiological reaction in the body, increased adrenaline everybody's familiar with, it increases your blood pressure, it increases your heart rate that can actually kind of push people over into having medical problems as a result of having a broken heart like this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know I have actually felt chest pain sometimes when, um, for instance, with the loss of my mother, um, you know, I kept getting this chest pain um, or uh, the end of a relationship that I didn't really want to end, um, you know, and it's, it's scary. And for me, it, it didn't last, but can it last and, and really make a devastating problems for someone? Well, it can, and they actually have a uh, syndrome called broken heart syndrome, where people suffer some type of loss, where oftentimes it's loss of a spouse or a parent. Uh, in these cases, people will have exactly what you're talking about here, Wendy. They'll have the angina, they'll have the chest pain, they'll have shortness of breath, they'll have anxiety with this. In uh, roughly 20% of patients that are affected like this, they actually trip over to what's called congestive heart failure. In congestive heart failure, your heart's not able to squeeze hard enough to supply your body with the amount of blood required. And it tends to kind of back up in your venous system. People get swollen ankles, shortness of breath. Um, And as a result of this, they can actually uh, develop heart arrhythmias and some people can expire from it. Wow. The whole thing with broken heart syndrome is it usually resolves on its own after four or six weeks, but in some patients, it can be persistent and stretch out over a prolonged period of time. Wow. Wow. I didn't realize that that could happen. My goodness. Um, so it's really something serious that people should pay attention to and figure out ways to reduce symptoms, I would imagine. Well, yeah, the, the, you just have to be really aware of it. I think uh, by dealing kind of ahead of time before this develops, you really want to address some of the anxiety and depression symptoms if you can. Uh, as far as longer term things, um, the endocannabinoid system, it's involved in uh, the heart actions and the physiology of it. And endocannabinoids can be a better endocannabinoids phytocannabinoids can be of benefit in these patients. I personally know of a patient, she's an elderly elderly lady that uh, lost her husband. She ended up having the chest pain and all this long severe depression. She did develop congestive heart failure and uh, hers was persistent. Her cardiologist thought that more than likely she's going to have to be on medications to treat the congestive heart failure for the rest of her life. But uh, this lady, uh, we started her on CBD. And Mm. uh, after about six weeks, she was off all her heart medications, feeling fine again. So that's a one-off case presentation that I had, but it is a success story on somebody that did have broken heart syndrome that responded to cannabinoids. 
Well, that's that's great news for her. Um, We know everybody's different. And so that may not have the same results in someone else, but at least it's a kind of a a path someone could go on to try to start healing a little bit. Well, a lot of the, when you start looking at what the cannabinoids do on the heart, they really blunt some of the uh, physiological responses that we see to stress and adrenaline. So when you start looking at the mechanism of action, it really makes sense. You know, if it's decreasing the effect that these catecholamines, the adrenaline has on the heart muscle, decreases inflammation that happens in the heart muscle, it really makes sense that it would uh, be of a benefit in these particular patients. And you combine it with some of the other benefits of the cannabinoids as far as dealing with the stressful incidents like this. Uh, CBD, as we've talked about before, it works on the serotonergic system of the brain. That's the part of the brain that any depressants work on, the SSRI antidepressants. It also has activity in a separate area of the brain called the GABA system of the brain. That's the target of action for benzodiazepines like Xanax, Valium, and all that. CBD has activity in these systems. does work differently. doesn't cause um, bad side effects that you see with the SSRIs, the sedation, and um, sometimes memory problems and bad decision-making that can go with the benzodiazepines. So they're much safer uh, medication to treat these particular issues with. And when we start thinking that anxiety and depression are a significant component of this, combine that with the possible cardioprotective effects of CBD, it makes it a no-brainer to at least give it a shot. Well, so so CBD has cardioprotective qualities to it on its own. Mm -hmm. Sure does. THC has a little bit of that too. Uh, It does decrease inflammation on some of the heart muscles, but uh, CBD, I think, is probably the more important cannabinoid as far as that goes. THC, as most of us know, it also does help with uh, depression symptoms in patients, you know, Mm -hmm. in the relatively low dose range. And that can kind of help people get through the uh, broken heart that they're suffering. Right. Interesting. And are there certain terpenes that someone might want to look for or add that might also help with the, with the broken heart? Well, if patients are having anxiety issues, uh, limonene is uh, one of my favorite go-tos for anxiety. Uh, very few side effects to it. Uh, effective in 80 to 90% of patients, at least in my experience, that seems to be. The uh, beta-caryophyllin terpene, one of our favorites, I know one of yours also, mm-hmm. uh, it not only does it help with inflammation that may be occurring in the heart, it also has antidepressant effects that could help with the psychological issues people are suffering. Excellent. Those are some great ways people can try to help themselves as they move through it, uh, hopefully. It's hard, you know, it can be so devastating emotionally. And then when the physical stuff starts, I think sometimes you know, people don't realize that that can be serious, you know. Um, well, that the, the body and mind are connected. Um, unfortunately, although cannabis and cannabinoids can help people get kind of through this, it's not a cure for what the uh, basic issue is. I think that's more where people really have to come to terms with how things are, whether they do it through counseling or just through meditation or just let a little bit of time take care of things. That's what really solves the problem in the end, though. Excellent. Well, those are that's great advice. And thank you so much for joining me. Oh, Angela, th- or thank you so very much for having me here, Wendy. I really appreciate it. And do say hi to Angela. I'm sorry, Mr. Show in uh, Fayetteville recently. Oh, yes, no problem. We'll have to send you some video footage. I look forward to seeing it. <laughs> thank you. Joining me now is Christine Carlson. She is a New York Times bestselling author, transformational speaker, and empathetic guide for people experiencing major life transitions. She was recognized worldwide for the global success of the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff book series that she created with her late husband, Dr. Richard Carlson. Her latest book, Heartbroken Open, is a life-changing memoir, and there's also a lifetime movie starring Heather Locklear. It's a biopic that is out now, I believe. Welcome to the show. Uh, Thank you so much, Wendy. It's so wonderful to be here. Thanks for having me on. Oh, absolutely. I so enjoyed Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. I remember when it came out in the late 90s and I bought it for all my friends because it was like news you can use, you know, and, uh, and, and still go back and look at it sometimes uh, in moments that it's, that it's needed. Um, so you suffered a, a sudden loss uh, when your husband passed, 
And um, I wondered, you know, how you feel that that kind of ignited your healing journey, because it seems like that's kind of what happened. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would say um, my loss really just woke me up in a way that I didn't even know I was asleep. You know, I, I think that we were at a time in our lives. So we were in our, um, I was 43, Richard was 45. We were certainly not in a time in our lives where we thought that he could die suddenly. Mm -hmm. um, and, but we were, you know, our kids were growing up. Um, I was kind of questioning my life purpose at the time. I mean, I was a really devoted wife and mother. Mm -hmm. And it's not that that wasn't enough. It's just that I sensed that there was more for me. And so did he. But I didn't quite know what it was, where I was going to go, even though I had written books with him, I hadn't really clearly owned my um, life as an author yet, mm -hmm. um, hadn't formed an identity around that. I was still very much wanting to support Richard in his work and support my family. Um, so I was in a little bit of a, a weird kind of space when he died. Um, maybe I was being prepared, I don't know, on a spiritual level. Mm -hmm. I was starting to feel the inklings of being called to more. And um, it is at the sudden loss, it definitely woke me up to my life's purpose. Not right away. I mean, I went through mm -hmm. a lot of grief, you know, and, sure. but, but even in witnessing grief, I became very aware of, I would say to myself, wow, this is so awful and so heartbreaking and so painful. And I have been given so many tools in my emotional tool belt to deal with this and to live through this. How does the normal person get through this? And mm -hmm. I, I just, I couldn't, I, I couldn't even understand because I knew there were times where I felt like my heart would just pop out of my chest or break completely open to, to death myself. Because in sure. a way, I mean, you may have been through something like that too, Wendy, when, when we lose somebody we love so much and they're such a huge part of our lives in a way, we really do die a death with them. And so much in our life mm -hmm. and in our kids' lives dies too. So. Right. right, for sure. And I, I felt that feeling in my chest, you know, with the loss of my mother, for instance, you know, it was, and still I can, I can go there, you know, and I get that feeling in my chest. It's like a part of you um, is taken in a way. Um, but I was reading on your website about how we are all sovereign beings, right? And yeah. I, it really spoke to me. So tell me how you kind of crossed that bridge to that realization. Well, for me, because I did have the love of my life as my partner in life, and we had been together 25 years, married for almost 22 years. Mm -hmm. I also didn't feel like I had this sense that I might not ever remarry. Um, being a sovereign person doesn't mean that you're single in the celibate sense forever. You know, right. it just means that you are self-governing. And certainly my life with Richard, he had set me up in a lot of ways where I was capable of doing that. And also I felt that there weren't enough examples of women in the world that just stood in that sovereignty and mm -hmm. stood on their own two feet. They, I felt like women panic and they feel like they have to have a man. And mm -hmm. I just didn't ever feel like that. Even I remember sitting on the kitchen floor with Richard when we first got married and saying, I don't want you to take care of me. And, right. and him saying, great, I don't want to take care of you. <laughs> Perfect, <laughs> right. right. So there's always been that sense in myself that I am a very highly independent woman and mm -hmm. I, and I value that independence. And, and that said, I also love to love. So mm -hmm. they're not mutually exclusive though. And I think I'm, I'm going to write in my next book is going to be all about this, which is so funny that you brought this up because I'm really, it really like spoke to me. Book. Uh -huh. yeah. That's wonderful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, well, and, and you brought up some points, you know, when we're heartbroken and, you know, from losing a lover, whether it's or a partner, whether it's from death or that it's a breakup, we often do kind of look to, you know, who's next? What am I doing? How can I find someone else? You know, and from your point of view, it's, it seems like that's, that's not uh, going to really help with your own personal growth and self. What, what are your thoughts? Well, here's how I feel about that, Wendy. Um, first of all, I, 
I would say that, you know, you don't, you don't have to go it alone. You know, your, your support could be a new lover. It could be a great friend, a girlfriend. It could be your support needs to be whatever it is you need. But I, I personally don't think that we should search for something to replace what we had. And, mm -hmm. and that's where I stand very strong in the sense of, yes, you are allowed to have a lover. You are allowed to have comfort. You are allowed to do whatever it takes for you to live through this heartbreaking experience. But be careful what you choose for a permanent situation during this time. I, I didn't, I think that that's the real wisdom is just being careful because when you're broken, you tend to you know, attract what's broken. And mm -hmm. that's not always a bad thing, but it means that you want to heal, you want to help heal that other person, and you will, but you may not be a match after that, you know, like when you right. heal, and you become whole again, which we do. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the beauty is that if we do our healing work, and we allow ourselves to grieve, and we don't push grief to the wayside, but we actually go through grief, we come out the other side and it's beautiful. Life is beautiful again when you get out the other side. Mm -hmm. And it's even more beautiful because you have with you carried yourself through tremendous sorrow and into great compassion for humanity mm -hmm. and this sense of empathy that comes and compassion that grows in you and this gentleness and this caring for other people that maybe was there before, but it's amplified because our mm -hmm. hearts have that capability. And I kind of think that's one of the hidden gifts uh, for me was that I was always highly compassionate and kind, but I have become much more um, honoring of the acts of service now. And that mm -hmm. I'm always going to serve from this point forward because I realize that's, that's where this eventually leads most mm -hmm. of us if we heal. Right. It seems like this wisdom develops and and going into yourself to find your true self and your true path. Um, and that's a beautiful thing. You know, um, I know uh, that, you know, you've said a lot of times people will ask, you know, what's next? What's what now? What now? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, maybe there are better questions that, that we can ask. Do you think there are some better questions we can ask when we feel so heartbroken? Well, I think that the questions are very important. I call it the soul inquiry. Mm. I call it inquiring into what does your soul need and what does your soul want? Um, and that this is one of the most beautiful things about um, going through an identity crisis, which is ultimately what heartbreak of any kind, loss of any kind brings us into. When our identity is in crisis, it means our ego is broken down. And when that happens, it means our true nature and our highest self has the chance to be heard in a much greater capacity. Now that's, that is also a very vulnerable place for the ego and the ego scrambles very, very hard to rise like mm -hmm. a snake that rises around a coil, wants to grab you back very quickly. So you don't, you have a window of time, but if you know this in advance and you know that this is what you're going through, that ego uses fear and all sorts of things, then you can lean into fear, you can lean into love and love is really awesome. It's, it's really the main ingredient here that heals us, that calls in grace when we're grieving. Mm -hmm. um, it's why we grieved. It's because we loved. But you have to also be able to call on an inordinate amount of self-love and mm -hmm. self-care during these times of heartbreak. And the soul inquiry is really about going deep into your true nature and your highest self. The soul is representative of our highest nature, our highest self. It is what we are. It's what we are when we're no longer in our bodies. It's it's it is our true identity, mm -hmm. is our soul. And and the soul wants to speak, but the soul is often not heard over um, that which we are attached to identity, which is ego. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I I'm feeling all that you're saying. Um, so true, so true. Um, and and also. I feel like fear and love are kind of inversely proportional, you know, so if you're leaning into the fear a little too much, you might not, you know, feel that love that's that's so necessary and that we all, I, I believe we all are love, you know, what are your thoughts about that? Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, 
fear and love um, are really like the two sides of a coin. Mm -hmm. um, when you're in fear, you're certainly not in love. And, and I mean, love in the bigger sense of having loving thoughts, having higher thoughts, having soulful recognition, soul recognition, soulful moments in life, um, mm -hmm. joyous moments in life joy and love would be autonomous like they would be the two that are the same synonymous of one another they're um and fear and ego would be the same of one another so if you're in fear then you need to try and move toward love and then in love is in the present moment so if you can mm -hmm. bring your attention and awareness back to what's present now as opposed to the fearful thoughts that you're in that's always, always, always going to be the way back to the heart. Mm. And nice. also through gratitude, you know, like, like sometimes we get into fear of what might happen, but if we can bring our attention off of that, put your attention on something that you're grateful for in this moment, that brings you right back into your heart, which brings you back into joy, which mm -hmm. brings you back to love. Beautiful. I love that. Brings it full circle. Um, so if someone is suffering a heartbreak, um, where do you think that they could start to help heal? You know, if you're suffering a heartbreak, which let's face it, we're going to suffer many heartbreaks in our lifetime, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. The most important thing you can do is first to honor that, honor your feelings. Second is to create space in your world to heal. Um, create you know, a ritual of healing in your life. Maybe it's changing your schedule up so that you have more time and space alone or with friends, whatever it is you need. Maybe it's spending, taking long um, Epsom salt baths and, mm -hmm. you know, lighting candles and reading and searching. You know, there's a reason why they call, um, you know, our heartbreaking time, soul searching times. It's because your soul is calling to you to discover something deeper about yourself. And we all have wounds. We all have insecurity. We all have fear. This is the nature of being human. Mm -hmm. it's, it's one of our contracts we have with our human nature is this is part of it. This is part of the journey. But it doesn't mean you have to fall victim to the journey. It means that you have to understand what the journey is. What is the purpose of the journey? Why do we suffer? What is it that makes us suffer? You know, it's attachment. Well, of course, we're human beings. We attach to one another. That's what we do. Mm -hmm. But then we get these unhealthy attachments. And unhealthy attachments are the things that are there to try and mask the wounds that we have, the insecurities that we have. The, the needs that we've made up um, from maybe a part of ourself that wasn't whole, wasn't complete. So I think you give yourself time, you, you ask yourself the deeper questions, you read the books, you take this as fertile ground for growth, and you look towards your soul for the answers, and your soul knows how to heal. Mm. We all do but we're just all caught up. We're all caught up in a society that takes us away from our soul, that takes us away from love, that takes us toward fear and towards um, separation. And mm -hmm. separation is always not gonna breed love, you know? Right. So, so you wanna be connected. You wanna connect to love. You wanna connect to self-love and, and look at this as a time of growth because that's what it is. Wonderful. What a fabulous answer. Um, well, this has been delightful. Um, where can people get in touch with you, find your books? Uh, I know you do also do women's retreats, all, all kinds of amazing things. So I what's do. the best way? Yeah, so go to christinecarlson.com. Um, you can start with a meditation that I offer for free on my website, which is called The Other Side of Change. Seeing yourself, I take you through a guided imagery meditation um, where you actually see yourself on the other side of a huge change and transition. And then there's a soul inquiry, uh, reflective journaling questions. So it kind of gives you a, an idea of the deeper questions. I like people to ponder about um, something that they're trying to reflect on. And then, you know, it's all there. You know, I think just spending some time on my website, um, I've got a number of books 
you know, I started my career out with um, a book called Don't Sweat the Small Stuff for Women right. and Don't Sweat the Small Stuff in Love. And then I've written books. Um, my latest book is called Heartbroken Open, um, a true story of coming back alive again after profound loss. And then I have From Heartbreak to Wholeness, which is a workbook in and of itself. It's, it's an amazing book. It's probably my best body of work and in my least read. So if you want to read something great, read From Heartbreak to Wholeness. That that's going to help you a lot um, on your journey, on your soul journey, on your journey from healing um, from heartbreak to a place of sovereignty and wholeness again. Wonderful. Thanks so much for joining me. This is Teddy here with your Food is Medicine Minute. Food cannot help with the affairs of a broken heart. It will not work. But there are some foods that do promote a healthy heart. And those foods are oatmeal, soy, dark chocolate, green tea, coffee, avocados, tomatoes, red wine, legumes, salmon, leafy greens, walnuts and almonds, berries, garlic, and fruit. Well, some of those don't sound as intriguing as the chocolate and these cupcakes. This will not help a broken heart nor will it help you have a healthy heart. For more information on food as medicine, please feel free to contact me at Learn From Teddy on Facebook. Bye. Well, that was definitely some interesting information about heartbreak all the way around. Um, so Brandon, what have you been watching lately? Watching within like Netflix, sure, yeah. What you're saying, um, I haven't really been. You know, I'm a sports guy, so I watch a lot of heartbreak in sports, Wendy. Uh, <laughs> with the Razorbacks and all that stuff, I do watch a lot of uh, sports. I mean, shows wise, really haven't been watching much. You know, I'm one of those comfort kind of TV watchers, uh-huh. so I'm always watching. I'm always watching like old school stuff, like just seeing on Rewind, like the middle. Or oh yeah, Malcolm in the middle. Uh-huh. Like all of these sitcoms, so I kind of I love old comfort. sitcoms. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I just get the comfort stuff. I'm not really into the new stuff very often. Yeah. Um, how about some new music? Have you heard anything oh, new that you're? Well, uh, you, that's funny you ask, Wendy, because I do uh, new music Mondays on our show, so I really get uh, get a good uh, dose of new music. I know that there's a brand new Jack White song out right now, which I was really stoked about. And uh, even a local artist, a guy named Sean James. I don't know if you know him. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got a new album out and it is absolutely awesome. Like uh, if you want to hear a voice of mm-hmm. uh, just a God, it's amazing. This dude's vocal range. And so Sean James has some awesome new music out. So yeah, I've been listening to that and, a ton of other stuff and you know mm-hmm. we've been we've been neck deep in concerts and stuff here in northwest arkansas now uh with thank goodness right here. finally yeah <laughs> it's a big part of our radio for sure is, is the music so yes. we definitely missed it and we're glad that it's back and yeah and uh yeah you you mentioned heartbreak with this show uh-huh. talk about heartbreak not having uh live music in our lives for over a year that is all the loss from that it was it, it felt really weird really odd to see that no musician could go out and be in front of their crowd you know and um it was it was a real weird time you know we had to do all this skype stuff even with our artists you know right right it was a very strange time it's like you know when the music stopped what's that song <laughs> Don the, the music died yes <laughs> it kind of felt like that you know like you know nothing in the clubs no uh that that when you're searching for something like, okay, I'm going to go out yeah. tonight and just see what what's out there. And, right. and, and, you know. and just having, and, and I can feel it for the, uh, for the artists, for the bands, even our local bands, it felt like they were saving us for a bit, didn't it? Like it did. they like, yeah. would come online and say, Hey, yes. I'm going to play some songs. And you're like, please, <laughs> yes. you know, like, it's so true. Just, yes. Yeah. I would just crank it up on a stereo here at my house. And, you know, like it was, it was truly um, a connection that, you know, that we missed, but we still kind of had it in a weird way. And man, what a great, what a great thing when we got back to it. I I can't remember what I watched first. I'm trying to think it was like something just 
I think it was Andy Frasco, honestly. I think it was oh, the first yeah. show back at George's, and I was crying to Andy <laughs> yeah. Frasco. Like, yes, you don't cry to Andy Frasco music, but it was just the the, the atmosphere around, you know. Yes, and, um, for sure. My first show out was at Kingfish, and uh, it was uh, it was um, one ounce jig, Jeff Kearney. Oh, yeah. And um, of course, the music is phenomenal, you know, but I felt the same way. My eyes were teary. Yeah, because... you got to get overwhelmed. Yeah. Uh, and, and you realize how much music means to all of us and or at least to most of us. And um, yeah. And as you mentioned, heartbreak, I think that was that's a that's a big part of it. You know, mm-hmm. I think for sure you were saying that there's heartbreak in sports. <laughs> yes. Do you actually yeah. feel that in your body like you would? I do. Do I you do. really? And, you know, now, I announce for the Razorbacks. So I announce uh, softball, a lot of women's sports, um, everything from tennis, swim and dive, uh, volleyball. So I've been getting into a lot of their sports. And I found myself, Arkansas lost a soccer game earlier this week. And uh, yeah, it hurts. It like, mm-hmm. and I don't have anything to do with that game. You know, like, right. I am, I'm not cheering. They're in LSU. Like, I'm not even there. <laughs> But mm-hmm. it hurts my heart that, uh, to watch them uh, get, get beat or lose. And it's, you know, maybe a Razorback thing. It's just so it's grown to do that. But, uh, yeah, I've definitely, I feel it. I feel it. And I know sometimes even we live in, you know, Fayetteville. So I know it kind of a little bit hinges on our economy and all these things for the Razorbacks to do good. And, um so I don't know. I think I feel it for the whole community too. It's just, mm-hmm. it's heartbreak. I don't know what else to say. So right, obviously right. when you go out to the games and softball and, and you hear me announcing, I'm, I'm in it. Like I'm, I want to be mm-hmm. as excited as possible and as, and uh, as intimidating as possible as we can be um, as a sports arena. So right. yeah, I, I get that. Yeah. And uh, I don't want to have the heartbreak, you know, I, I don't want you to have it. But of yeah. course, and, and here's the thing, and I think that comes along with heartbreak. Uh, if we won every game, I wouldn't know what heartbreak was. I wouldn't know what what that feeling was, mm-hmm. you know? So the same thing was you going through heartbreak is you, you got to experience that because what's on the other end? If you wouldn't know what heartbreak is, you don't know what love is. So mm. um, th- that's the part of it. And I think that's what the, a price that we pay for love is is heartbreak. And um, we got to know the difference. It right. should, it's like it you can't hurt. really know the light fully unless you've been in the dark. Same Correct. Thing. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. You got to know that feeling to not want that feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think that comes along with it. it it's, uh, you know, with heartbreak with sports is the same thing. I don't think I would know. I wouldn't like it if we won every time, you know, R- right. think about it. You're like, oh man, I want to win every game, but would you? for years and years, you kind of get jaded and it's mm-hmm. not, it's not the same, same as uh, the same winning, you know? Right. Right. I understand. I'm not real. I'm not a sports person. However, I'm from new England. Right. So the Patriots right. were like always winning always the good. Super Bowl, like always winning and you you're excited, but then you get to the point where it's like, Oh yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you talk to these Alabama football fans, which they win every year and they're like, Oh yeah. You know, they're leaving the game. After, you know, they're beating a, an opponent that we would just be freaking out about. They're, they're like people are just walking out. They're not even entertained anymore. Right. You know? So, right. yeah, I think that, that, that having that or the, uh, the competition of, I think that's, it's part of it, you know? Right, right. I agree. Well, coming up next, Dr. Brian Nickel will pair our musical guest with a cannabis strain. I'm Dr. Brian Nickel, your cannabis expert for CannabisExpertMD.com with a music and canvas pairing for the Wendy Love Edge Show. Wendy's musical guest this week is Claire Starr from Fayetteville, Arkansas. Now, Claire keeps a pretty low profile on the social media, so I couldn't find out much background information online. I'll, uh, I'll let Wendy pull all of that together out of the interview for you. I did listen to um, the cut. It's called You Don't Know What Love Is. Now, that's just Claire playing guitar and singing. Uh, reminds me a little bit of like a uh, Tom Waits or uh, maybe a Leonard Cohen co- type of composition. Uh, I was looking for a very relaxing strain that's going to let you uh, follow the Bard storyline closely. For this, I selected based on the cannabinoid and terpene profiles available to me, Natural State Medicinals Mandarin Temple. It does sound like a tourist destination in Tibet, doesn't it there, Mr. Producer? Yeah, it does. 
I'd like to go see a Mandarin Temple sometime. It's a potent strain at 20.3% total THC with a little bit of trace CBD showing. Looking at the terpenes as we always do, it is potent at 1.7% total terpenes. beta carrier dominant at 0.77%. Myrcene's up next at 0.3%. Hemulene at 0.19%. Limaline at 0.157%. Uh, linalool taxine at 0.135%. Terpinaline 0.116%. And there's just a little bit of trace of pining present in there. Now, Mandarin Temple should give you a kind of a quick cerebral effect. Uh, the myrcene kind of speeds the effects of the THC getting into the brain. Um, and then the uh, beta-caryophyllin and limonene. Now, that should help with uh, any kind of depression and anxiety symptoms you may be having. Uh, the myrcene presence is going to settle in. Uh, with the linalool and terpinaline for a really nice, chill, relaxing kind of high with this. Mandarin Temple should be just the ticket to enjoy uh, the musical story uh, that Claire presents to you. For more information on all things medical cannabis, check us out at CanvasExpertMD.com. We're also available on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And now I present to you Claire Starr with You Don't Know What Love Is. Known the meaning of the blues until you've loved a love you had to lose. Oh, you don't know all oh, what love is. You don't know how lips hurt until you've kissed and had to pay. The cost until you flipped your heart and you have lost. Oh, how could you know? Oh, what love is? Do you know how a lost heart fears at the thought of reminiscing? And our lips that taste of tears Lose their taste for kissing 
don't know how hearts burn For a love that can not live yet will not die Until you've faced each dawn with sleepless eyes Oh, you don't know Oh, how could you know what love is? great show it's been thanks for joining me you know what i have a blast hanging out with you anytime wendy and uh talking about all this heartbreak there's so much good when it comes to this stuff so if someone is going through this stuff and so someone might have tuned in just because they are going through heartbreak like we were talking earlier like it there's there's an end of the road for that and there's always with heartbreak there's usually something else coming along the line Mm-hmm. And um, and it, when it comes to loss, you always got to remember that uh, the times that you had, I don't think you ever discount the times that you have with someone mm-hmm. uh, just because you have gone through the heartbreak. Right. You know, That's I don't, so don't true. Write off, don't write off all your life experiences that you've had with the person um, because either you're mad at them or mad at a moment, you know? Right, right. Absolutely true. Um, the tarot card I pulled for this episode was guilt. And uh, I was in the very beginning just talking about how you know, a lot of times we, when we miss someone, whether it's been a breakup or a loss, we go into that, oh, I should have done this, or why did I do that? You know, it's, it does absolutely no good. I think you're absolutely right. Remember the good stuff, take it with you. That's all you can do. Yeah. And you got to learn. It's uh it's a learning experience and hopefully, and it, and unfortunately it has to happen like this. Sometimes when you go through breakups or anything like that, you learn those things, you can take those on to your next relationship and hopefully build a better foundation for that relationship to not go through the heartbreak is bad. Yes, absolutely true. Of course we say this and we could be heartbroken tomorrow. We don't know. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, let's hope not. Yes. <laughs> Either way, we're going to keep moving forward, Brandon. True. Uh, well, thanks again for joining me. Have a great week, everyone. Bye. The Wendy LaVette Show is sponsored in part by Karis Healthcare, the relevant app, Purely Natural CBD, Highlands Residential Mortgage, Lit Premium Smoking Supplies, 131 Inclusion Gallery, and Alice CBD.